Hi, I'm JC Wee from Globe Success Learning, Money and UT Malaysia. I'm the Executive Director and you are tuning in to Soul Rich Woman Show. A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F Word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F Word. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Soul Rich Woman Show for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Today I have a really special Wonder Woman, Super Woman, um, Power Woman with me today. You know, I've known her for a while now and uh, in 2016, she actually came all the way um, from Kuala Lumpur to Singapore to support our Soul Rich Woman uh, event. So I was really, really blessed to have her um, as one of our speakers before um, during that event. And she's none other than the Executive Director of Globe Success Learning, Money and You Team Malaysia. Let's welcome JC Wee. Thank you, Janice. Yeah. Okay, JC. Wow. You know, well, we are very, very excited to have you on the show today because we've seen you come so far. You know, you work so hard. You know, so why don't you share with our audience a little bit more about your journey? Well, my journey began, I would say, really started to reflect when I was in my last year in the university. My education background is in environmental engineering. And I chose that profession because between two, it was environmental science or environmental engineering. Engineering would bring me a lot more money. <laughs> that was clear. My path was very clear. But in my final year, I found out that engineering was not for me. It was, I couldn't see the brightness of future in being in that line. And I, and I felt something was just not right. But since my parents have poured their blood, sweat and tears into investing in my education, I felt that I needed to fulfill that responsibility. Right? So I chose to work for two years in the engineering line. And after two years, I knew for sure it's not for me. <laughs> that was when I was in a very lost phase of my life. Um, I felt very discouraged because the line I wanted to do something about Mother Earth, to take care of Mother Earth. And that would be my responsibility and my passion. But when I got into that line, I found that the industry was out of integrity. Mm. And I could literally lose my life if I was not compliant. You know, to certain ways that things was working at a point in time. So that wasn't how I wanted to live my life. It came to the point when I was working 23 hours a day just to prepare for a huge meeting and I knew that nothing much would come out from it. And that was when I threw in towel and said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I felt 
very drained. I felt my spirit was empty, and I actually wanted to shave my head bald and become a nun. Serious. Seriously, because I had a senior who became a monk, and he looked like a very happy monk. <laughs> I thought if I do that and just go down that route, I would be happy. But when I had a conversation with him, he asked me this question. He says, "JC, are you doing this because you feel like you have a calling?" And this is something you want to do for the rest of your life, or are you escaping? So the answer was very clear. I wanted to escape. So he says, "Go back, go and explore, go and live your life. This is not for you." <laughs> so I there I was again, floating, not knowing what to do, and I did something a lot of my peers and family thought was crazy, which I took up a night course in private secretary. So from an engineer to a private secretary. People thought I was nuts. <laughs> Fortunately, my parents, my family were very supportive. They just gave me that time for me to really think what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I would say that was the turning point for me. So I went searching, and one day I thought, you know, I'm just going to dream with my eyes open with anything that could possibly happen, and I dreamt about my dream job, and that would be there's no office politics. I could have opportunities to learn and grow and travel the world. It was close to my home. I have flexible hours, and I would enjoy what I'm doing. Then I just left it as that. I thought, oh, that's a nice dream to have if I ever find it. Few months later, I actually found it, and that was really by chance. I was applying again for jobs in the engineering industry because that was what I knew. But then I saw this one ad that said. Exactly what I wanted: no office politics, <laughs> opportunities to train and to learn and grow. But I didn't know where it was. There was only an email for me to send my resume to. When I got the reply, I found out it was just ten minutes from my home. I was so happy. But when I went there for the interview, all I saw was Globe Engineering, and I thought, Why am I going back to engineering? <laughs> <laughs> so I just never mind. I'm here. I just take the chance, and I found out that I was actually going into an education line.、Mm. So my life started to change because you know I I started to really ask for what I want, and I feel that that is very important because、uh, most of my life I felt I was living someone else's dream of success, but not my own, and that was why I felt very very lost. I could take the safe route, or I could take a route that was very unknown to me. And then you found your dream job. Yes, I did. <laughs> when I came to Money and You, and、yes. that was. But when you see Globe Engineering, I mean, you thought that you were going into engineering. Yes. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Yes. And then, how <laughs> did you discover that it wasn't? Well,、uh, because Globe Engineering is our main business, and Globe Success Learning is our passion business. Then in education, so they were looking to hire people to run. That business, and we were very new. It's a business that we did not know at all. Seminar business, because our core and our specialty is in engineering. And I went into that business knowing absolutely nothing. So, as a woman, do you feel insecure, like gripped with fear and, and stuff like that? Because it's unknown. I definitely felt insecure. In fact, I had another job offer that was offering me twice of what I was going to get from this job. But everything, my whole body was so illogical. The logical thing to do was to choose a job with a better pay, and a bright future. 
the illogical thing was to go into something I had no experience, no training, and giving me half the pay. <laughs> but everything in my body just says, you should give this a try. And I did. And it was everything that you wanted. Travel the world, 10 minutes near your home. Yes. <laughs> no Flexible hours. Flexible hours, no office politics. Yes. Hey, sweet. No this is very good. I love this. Dreams do come true. Okay, girls, like, let's take a pen and paper right now and write down exactly what you want. <laughs> so how many years has it been for you, JC? It has been 15 years since I've been part of this team. I started really from ground zero. Yeah, so 15 years and you started from ground zero. So it's been a long, long journey. Long journey. Right. Sometimes we say that, you know, things we, we do, um, it's so difficult. And sometimes, you know, businesses don't last more than five years. Mm -hmm. But this has lasted for 15 years. 18 actually. 15. Okay, 18. <laughs> so how many lives have, mm. have you guys transformed? Well, I think by the thousands, by the thousands. And the lives that we impact influences their own inner circle, their family and their own teams. So that's what I love to see happen. And actually, when I first joined uh, Globe Success, like you said, I was very insecure. I knew nothing and I was thrown into sales and marketing. And I'm a person who is very introverted. I don't like meeting people and I hated sales. Hated it to the core. <laughs> and it, it was a huge struggle for me to really get out of my comfort zone. But I'm someone who, you know, when I have a goal to achieve, no matter what, I'm going to achieve it. Even though I'm going to struggle, I'm going to kick and scream all the way. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of women, when we meet with insecurities mm. or when we're gripped with fear and limiting beliefs... Mm. It's often very hard to just overcome that noise in between the two years. I mean, how did you manage that? I mean, you, you, you wouldn't have the skills or wouldn't know anything or was it something you studied before that helped you? Actually, when I, when I joined Globe Success and I was exposed to the Money and You community, that was the biggest support for me. I learned that I wasn't alone. I, I used to... I'm a very independent woman, right? And I would work for my own money. I wouldn't depend on anyone, you know, to earn my, my keep. And I felt for a very long time I had to work very, very hard in order to achieve something. And I struggled a lot, right? But I was very blessed because when I came to this community, I had a lot of support. And one of the earliest support was from uh, Dame Wendy Tan, who's the CEO of the Globe Engineering Company, and also Terence. Terence Tan, and we've been business partners since then. You know, um, the, the one thing that he said to me before I attended Money and You was, "JC, you deserve so much more in life, but you're not getting it. Why?" That really hit me. I thought that I had reached a certain level of success, but when he said that, it landed. Like he knew something that I didn't know and yet it was there that I was in denial to face. So my first few years of um, being exposed to personal development is about self-love. Because I had such, I discovered I had such low self-esteem but I was trying to look like a high flyer. 
So I had to prove something to to myself or to the world, and that was my biggest struggle. So when I started loving myself, I was single for the first twenty eight years of my life, and I thought something was wrong with me. Are you serious? Yes, twenty eight years. No, no partner, nothing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I thought something was really wrong with me. I said, "Don't the men want me? You know, and all the good ones are taken already." <laughs> and I felt that men feared me in some way because of my independence. Yeah, I always wanted to do things on my own. So that's how I I lived my life for the first twenty eight years. And then until mm. Terence spoke into your yes. life, and then you discovered that you were in some form of denial, mm. and then you really had to work on your self love. Yes. Wow. So I say for at least three to four years, that was my total focus on loving myself, really seeing my own value, and taking it in celebrating. I I just couldn't celebrate, even though I did a good job, I would still beat myself up. Mm. Yeah, so that was my biggest, biggest struggle early in my career. And the the piece about self love is mm. something that we talk about. That's why when we talk about the F word, you know, mm. being fabulous is about confidence, yes. self love. And I find that this is so important because when we love ourselves, we will care for ourselves, pamper ourselves, and not just say, "Oh, we care for the husband, the partner, the family, and then you know everybody else except us," right? Yes. So I think that piece is something that I resonate a lot with. Mm. Wow. Okay. So when you talk about your journey, mm. I, I'm just very curious as you are doing, you know, you're taking steps forward, you know, charging forward to 15, 18 years, and then many more years to come. What what is the thing that keeps you going? Mm. Well, the thing that keeps me going is to get really excited about my life, my future. And in the past, I used to, like I said, buy into other people's definition of success and happiness. Mm. And I found that I wasn't doing my own thinking. I wasn't doing my own dreaming. And that's something that I see in a lot of women. You know, we tend to take on the role of a mother. You know, of a provider, of a giver, and you give so much of yourself to everyone but yourself. And I found that my cup became empty. And I, that was when I said, I need to fill up my cup. I need to have fun. <laughs> I need to take care of myself. I need to look after my own well-being, in my spirit, in my mental health, in my emotional well-being. And this was really, really important to me. And I would say that you know, being in the Money You community, I I discovered the tools that supported me every day of my life. And one of the biggest thing is the brightness of future. If I'm not excited about my future, I'm not going to get motivated. What? Yeah. How does this future look like? Well, um, it's exactly what I'm living into right now. What? What flexible hours? You know, near my home, <laughs> travel the world. I have very simple goals. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy, and this gives me freedom, right? This really gives me freedom to choose whatever I want to do in my life, and it's just simple happiness. A lot of people think that you need to to achieve a certain level of success in order to be happy, but no, I choose to be happy the moment I get up in the morning. I, I choose to create what I want to create and experience what I want to experience. So my hap- my moments of happiness is that the frequency is a lot higher. I don't have to wait till I reach an end goal before I'm happy, and mm. that's the biggest difference. So that's how I motivate myself. Sounds mm. more like a journey. Mm. That uh, okay, sounds more like a journey. It's like 
I was just having a conversation with one of my um, clients the other day. She was talking about how people, like if you want a bucket of water, let's say if you have an invisible pen with you, a lot of people will think from where you are now, you want to have a bucket of water, you will need to draw a road, you have to draw like a paddy field, a well, and then you have to draw a tap, and then a bucket, and then a water. And why not just immediately draw a bucket of water that you can have it now? So I feel that many of us are kind of like a gripped onto in our minds that limiting box that we kind of give ourselves mm-hmm. or that society has given us. And what I'm seeing is you are kind of like, you know, no, I don't have this, you know, let's keep it simple, easy. Um, to to grab the thing that's ahead of us. And happiness is simple. Yes, happiness is simple. You make it sound so simple, you know. <laughs> it but is. a lot of women not happy. Le. Why? Uh? <laughs> I had a lot of help. Like I said, in my initial years, the first three years was really going to see masters and mentors in the area of emotional healing and clearing, which I found was really very important. Because I didn't know, it was blind spots to me. I didn't know what were my limiting beliefs. I didn't know what trauma I had in the past that I had suppressed all my life to a point where I don't even remember it. So like I said, I hated sales. It was because of something that happened to me when I was about seven years old. Someone knocked on the door. I was alone with my brother. And this guy says, oh, we're going to change your gas hose so that it's safer for you. I was only seven years old. I thought, I'm protecting my family. I let that guy in to change the hose and I gave him money because my mom always left some money at home for us in case of emergency. And when my parents came back, I was so happy. I was so excited. I said, you know, I did this. And then they said, you let a stranger into the house? Wow. And I felt like I was so wrong. The thing that I did that I thought could protect my family was wrong. So that trauma I had just buried deep inside and that affected me doing sales because I felt that sales was about cheating people right and I didn't know I had that deeply rooted when I discovered that I chose to have a very different uh, decision right I, I chose to make that experience something that's more empowering and with that I started to you know uh, immerse myself in a lot more uh, programs about sales, marketing, having those breakthroughs. And really, that was what supported me. I just had to let go of the past in order to have a brighter future. So for a lot of women, that's what I feel as well. You know, you you may feel frustrated inside and you don't know what's happening. You create patterns or cycles of sabotaging yourself and you're wondering what's wrong. And they don't even know. JC, Mm. how can we help them or what Mm. what kind of like um, activities or tips or advice that you have like to help a woman who is in the unconscious competence Mm. to a more conscious competence? Mm. I would say to have have more awareness of what you mentioned, our little voice, right? And we really need to get a support structure be with friends or choose an accountability buddy whom you can just, number one, vent. You, you need to tell them what support you need. Women sometimes just need to vent out. You know? Vent, is it whining? No, right? Um, 
one part of now some women just tend to vent and not do anything else <laughs> and they continue venting and create those patterns again because you have so much energy emotions invested in it and guess what the universe gives you exactly what you what you vibrate at you know your that, that frequency that you send out is what you're going to vibrate at and attract more of so this venting is a more healthy venting it's just to get that energy out after that you go <sighs> And says, I'm going to let this go. So it's like throwing everything in the garbage can, burning it, and just let it go. Now what is a more empowering decision that I'm going to make about what happened? So this is tools that I learned from uh, Money and You. What happened? You can vent it out. What was missing? Right? What was missing? What did I not do that created this situation to happen? What was missing in the conversation? What was missing in the structure? And then what's next? So the most important thing is to go into what's missing, what's next, and spend less and less time in what happened. Mm. Because it's about letting go of the past, emptying your cup, and creating a new future. So like you said, like that bucket, that is something that I truly believe. I did not believe it was possible, but when I... You know, came into this environment, I started believing it's possible. It's just to begin with the end in mind. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know who is going to support me. But somehow with that goal, you know how much time you invest in telling the sad story of your life and the trauma that happened? There's so much emotions and body language that you feel. The same thing, have that same kind of feeling for what you want to create in your life. Have that experience of already having it. And guess what? the journey towards getting there is a lot easier. Because when we plan from where we are like we normally do, you say, you know, draw the road to get there, we are planning from limitations, from limitations of resources, limitations of skills, limitations of knowledge that we have now. But when you dream about what you really want, anchor that in all the feelings, the excitement, the happiness, the fulfillment the road will just open up to you. You find that you start attracting the people and resources that will support you to get to your dreams. Wow. Yeah. So you, you now have all these tools in your toolbox yes. as you build yourself up, right? Yes. Okay. And as you grow, you also mentioned that Terrence and Dame uh, Wendy is also your business partner. Yes. Share with us a little bit mm. more of um, selecting mm. business partners and also, you know, I, I mean... I, I can see some business partnerships are really short and then they keep, turn, you know, it's called turnover. It's as fast <laughs> as a turnover over at McDonald's. But some business partnerships are really long. I can see that it has been a long journey for you guys. Yes. So share with us, how do we look for, spot a good business partner and what are the telltale signs that we should avoid? Mm. I think this is a very important question. Not only business partner, your life partner, Right. And one of my criterias for my life partner after attending Money in You is that he has to be a Money in You graduate. Oh, so I that, love that. So that we speak the same language, right? And um, similarly for business partners as well, many people send people to Money in You just to check out their business partner. Is Would this person, the probability of working with this person would be higher or lower just based on how they show up in, when they play the games in the room? And one particular game in Money and You actually shows that very, very clearly. So with that, I was like, wow, now I can really see 
the patterns in people's life and what they create, yeah, they leave trails, right? So I look at how long they, how the relationships that they have with their family, their teams, their friends, is it long-term or is it short-term? Mm. Those are telltale signs, right? And you know, there are people who are out there who would just take advantage of you. And there are people who are out there who you know will support you. And you can see these trails in their lives. Uh, so and how do you see? How do you see? So I'm very curious because our listeners will not know mm. what we're talking about because they have not attended Money and You, mm. right? So girls, if you're listening to this, yes, you have to check out Money and You. M-O-N-E-Y and A-N-D U. Y-O-U. Okay, so go Google that. Okay, back mm. to you. I would say if they leave a trail of destruction behind them. <laughs> destruction? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like business deals not working, there's lawsuits, you know, there's bad press about the person, um, relationships that's not long-lasting, those are trails. And definitely, you may also have them because you may find that you are also not... Um, uh, you are the one who is disempowering yourself and that's why you're creating that to happen. And having the consciousness that that is what you're creating, you can actually clean that mess up, right? So if you see someone who has a lot of drama in their lives, you may just want to say, just keep your distance. You can still be friends, but keep your distance, right? And how mm. do you clean that destruction up? Because maybe mm. some of our listeners may have it now and they're aware, mm. they're looking for a solution. So mm. maybe two, two tips, where I would normally go to, because sometimes um, I'm still human, right? <laughs> I still get triggered, I still get angry, and uh, I still do things that sabotages my results, right? And when that happens, you, you can know by the results that you create in your life. If something is not working out that the way I want to, I look within first. So you always say, for things to change, first I must change. How am I creating this to happen even though I want to blame someone else and to justify the economy, the bad weather, politics, whatever. Uh, my my so-called sisters who are not my sisters and backstab me. Right? So these are things that I may be creating that I'm unconscious about. But just to be really aware, how am I creating this and really taking in that responsibility takes a lot of courage. So one of the things that I go to is when I'm faced with certain situations that I would say it's uh, very highly charged in emotions and there's arguments, I'll go to, what would love do? Mm. What would love do? What would courage do? What would trust do? And that would just get me really centered and to really be with the person for who they are and who I know they can be for that person or for myself my response would be very different to that situation. By looking at love, by looking at trust, and by looking at all these qualities that centers you. Yes. So you kind of like re-choose your decision, make, remake your decision to choose the path that you want to go on. Yes. Wow. And then you talk about, mm. okay, so you talk about the destruction part. So how then do you choose like, you know, mm. how do you work so well with Terrence and uh, oh. Dame Wendy? I think one of the biggest thing in working with teams is mm. to learn how to dance. 
learn how to dance, yes. ta- tango or waltz whichever. or <laughs> whichever, <laughs> whichever moves you, right? <laughs> sometimes you like it slow, sometimes you like it fast, okay. right? And it's really important. So um, we make small agreements, right? One thing to test partnerships is to make small agreements and see if you know both parties show up. Right, you deliver on your agreements, and that's how to build a stronger relationship. Because you're dancing, a lot of people go into a relationship thinking, "Oh, you are my Mister or Miss Right, and it's gonna be forever." No, I <laughs> say, have an exit strategy for <laughs> everything, even for relationships. Even for relationships. So when I started my relationship, I also started with an exit strategy because I don't know if it's gonna work out. <laughs> I don't know if we can dance, right? We both don't know. But the number one thing I find was very important is that we first commit to resolution. No matter how upset we get, I always look at what's the worst case scenario that could happen in a business partnership or in a relationship. Worst case scenario. That's when we make some of the biggest decisions of our lives, and we don't plan for it because we plan for happy, happy ever after. We plan that nothing wrong is going to happen, and that is the biggest thing that I see that leads to failure. So plan for your exit strategy, like plan for the bucket. <laughs> that even though things are going to fail, our relationship would still be good. We can part on a, a a better note and to wish each other success. It's just that because we are not aligned in some of our views or our principles, that we had to part. I feel that is really important. So first thing, if there's any upset, communicate and commit to resolution. That for me is the key to building strong, long-lasting relationships. Always have your exit strategy. Discuss your exit strategy first. So if it doesn't work out, it's okay. We know we cannot orbit together. That's all. Mm, so there's no real like hard feelings, like more like you know, okay, we both understand, and then we can part our ways. Yes. Mm. Usually, when it comes to relationships, mm. there are signs of power struggle between mm. either a husband and wife, mm. uh, a, a, a girlfriend or boyfriend. You know, and this is a question that I always like to ask mm. because. Uh, there are women who really support the husband or support the, the, the guy or the guy support the wife or the girlfriend. How then do you com- uh, kind of like what you said, um, communicate or manage this kind of uh, power struggles or to avoid that? Mm. A lot of times when we have power struggles or, or things where we do not agree with each other is because of very unconscious beliefs and behaviours. And this may be because of our survival mechanism. Things that we have done in the past that has supported us to reach a certain result or success. And sometimes that doesn't work in every single thing that we do. So having, number one, get rid of ego in a relationship. Really get rid of ego. Be the first to say sorry, even though you feel it's not your fault. Be the first to say sorry that you felt upset when I did this. Because you can have absolutely no clue what you did that triggered the other person because of their past. And you'll be wondering, what on earth happened? What? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? <laughs> so we don't know what happened in the other person's past, past that you did that made them upset. So just, 
I'm sorry that what I did upset you. You know, have a, a real conversation and having that emotional conversation where you can be vulnerable without judgment, without ego and focusing on commitment to resolution. You know, that's and really important. I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes when we share yeah. this with other yeah. women, they yeah. will counter by yeah. saying, oh, but the other person won't understand you know, what is no judgment and what is, you know, saying sorry. And if I were to say sorry first, they mm. would think that I'm I'm the one in, I'm in the wrong and then they will make fun of me or kind of like mock at me for the rest of the week. Mm. So is it like something, okay, I had two relationships, right? <laughs> the first one didn't work out, but the second one did up to today since 2006. And I found what didn't work in the first relationship is because we didn't set the rules of the game, the context of our relationship, how we are going to um, tango together, right? And um, this is something that I find. It's about creating a safe space for each other to communicate, and this must be done early in the relationships. So when I was sort of interviewing, you know, my mate, and I, the first thing I said is, are you doing this for long term or short term? If it's short term, I'm not interested. Very clear. <laughs> I'm not here to play. <laughs> so up I front. said, I am upfront. I set the ground rules. You know, this is not I want what I want to create in my life, and this is what I want to create in my life. And if you're in, you're aligned. We go ahead. If you're not, thank you. Mm. So be very clear. Don't just settle for anything and anybody. Right? Then you are sabotaging yourself. I totally agree. Yes. Wow, that's a lot of wisdom in there. Okay, the other thing I picked up is you said you didn't like to have sales, didn't like to do sales. Yeah. That was at the beginning. And you discovered on your personal development journey that uh, you, there was an incident and trauma, right? So a lot of women don't like to sell. Mm. When we do business, because in our community, there's a lot of mm. women business owners. Mm. When we talk about sales and marketing, which is mm. like the lifeline of the business, yes. they're like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy with the operations. You know, I have to do this and do that. They get so busy with everything else. Mm. What would you tell them? <laughs> um, I would say... To have a conversation about what they are avoiding. So it could be avoiding rejection. It could be avoiding objection. And then I used to take that very personally. When people say no to me, I was like, oh no, they don't like me. You know, something's wrong with me. These are the conversations that I had with myself. So I sort of had to toughen up in a way and just wear a really thick mask. <laughs> <laughs> Not the beauty mask. Not the ah. beauty mask. Uh, different. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but to just, you know, okay, they said no, maybe no for now, but not no in future. So I don't take things so personally and I get better and better that, oh, they're rejecting not me, but maybe this product or service is not what they want right now. Mm. And I look to where in my communication could I influence uh, a person to see the value that they could get from my product or my service. So I just need to shift my communication. That's why I spent also the last 14 years in Toastmasters to improve on my communication. And there's still a lot more room for improvement. So what do you do yeah. outside of your flexible hours, yeah. you know, 10 minutes from your home <laughs> and travel the world, you know, meet different people? Yeah, Actually, Toastmasters and Money and You are one of my main loves of my life because that's where I felt I contribute the most. 
and uh, that gave me a lot of personal freedom, right? Um, I also don't like the limelight. So speaking in front of a group of people is not something that I enjoy. But I learned that what is more important is um, something one of my mentors said. Trust that what the audience... Now, trust that what you say is what the audience needs to hear in that moment. And that gets me off of, oh, I may not look good, I'm not smart enough, I'm not knowledgeable enough to speak about a certain topic. But to really trust what's in my heart, I'm just a messenger. And whatever comes to me is what the audience needs to hear in this moment. Yeah. And you mentioned that you have a lot of mentors mm, through your lot. whole journey. A lot of mentors. Tell us mm. how do you select or why do you choose those mm. mentors to be your mentor? Mm. Um, I choose them because uh, they live the principles that they teach. That is really very important to me. Um, they are also very humble in a sense that they would admit their own mistakes. One of the things that I did um, early on in my life is that I had expectations of leadership. I thought leaders should be a certain way. I put them on a pedestal, you know, they must be like God or something like that. And that was my biggest mistake. Because when they didn't live up to that expectations, I got very upset. I got very upset. And when I started to realize that leaders, just like me and you, are human beings, they have feelings, they have setbacks, they have failures, they have breakdowns. They're just like me and you. And because of that, I felt more connected with people who, are, who allow themselves to be real. Yeah. Tell me about your failures. Mm. Because that's where I learned the most. You are quite mm. right about the, the leadership like you question leadership, mm. like you expect leadership to be in a certain, certain way. way. Yeah. I, I, I love this part mm. because I have, okay, because we run a women community, mm. it's tendency, quite a tendency to see women not trusting women, okay? <laughs> There's some le always some authority issues mm. and, and leadership like conflicts, you know? So I'm very curious about this part, you know? Mm. How, how do you even get even aware mm. that you have this? It was actually through a lot of upsets. <laughs> <laughs> upsets, disappointment. I cried and said, oh my God, I've been following this person for so long, but you know, mm, I'm, I question, I question the leadership. But then he says, you know, I, I'm just human. I also get triggered. Mm. And you know, what you did triggered me was not about you. Mm. So I, I, I would say leaders who have uh, consciousness of um, what what supports them as well what supports them and what limits them and they're willing to share that with their mentees that's what I would say would be people that I would follow and call my masters and mentors mm, yeah. this is a very good selection mm. point right we are not choosing someone who is perfect although yeah. we are I mean, we're all human beings. We all have our own vulnerabilities. So by, by being able to select our mentors wisely, it can really transform our lives. Mm. Wow, this is a really good point. And so do you read or do you like, have, have a favourite quote that um, keeps you motivated or keeps you going? Yeah, I shared some of those quotes just now. <laughs> wow, okay, that's a lot of quotes. Okay. Okay, so how about some <laughs> books that you read then? One of, I'm actually not much of a reader. I prefer to, I'm a kinesthetic person. I like to experience things and learn from doing. 
But one of the books that I absolutely loved that was introduced to me by my mentor, Dame DC Cordova, is The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And this book, I could not put down the moment I read it. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you hate sales, <laughs> uh, if you have money blocks. The Soul of Money truly gave me a different perspective on the energy and the intention every time I use money or every time I receive money. You know, Where would I invest in the, the intention when I give a donation? What is the energy that goes through it? You know? Explain, explain. Yeah. So it's like some people just give donations to look good mm. for press, you know, just to have a certain status, you know, or even to have that power, the, the different levels of power, just to show your power. And there are also people who really donate even though they do not have much. Now, this is something that my parents also demonstrated in their life. They are government servants. They don't earn that much money. But somehow in my childhood, I always felt we had enough. And even though they could, at that point in time, only save 50 ringgits a month, they still would give to someone who needs it. And that, I feel, has a lot more value in giving a 50 ringgit versus a 50,000. Mm. That energy that goes into money. The products that we use... Do we know um, if, if there's child labor, if they do animal testing or whatever? So when we choose to invest in a company, what are we choosing to invest in? So then your choices in spending your money will be very, very different. Mm. Yeah. Wow, this is good also. Okay, and um, of all the F word... Mm being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Mm. Which is your favourite F word? That would be freedom. And Big why? Freedom, I feel, gives me the opportunity to experience or express my fabulousness and to also bring that out from others. Because when I share my journey and what I go through and the freedom that I got from using the tools that I have, gives other people access to that freedom because most of the time we operate from a cage or from limitations and that freedom is what gives you access to being fabulous and to have financial independence so one of my favorite quotes as you say it's actually my own quote that's to be curious instead of being furious being courageous and being contagious <laughs> <laughs> wow, sounds like Fast and Furious yeah. uh, episode 10. You know this one? <laughs> JC's episode. <laughs> yeah. So to you, mm. who and what is a soul-rich woman? Because for, for, for us, we call ourselves soul-rich women. Mm. Each of us is a soul-rich woman. So to you, mm. what is a soul-rich woman? To me, a soul-rich woman is someone who really believes in herself, you know, who, love, who loves herself. And I feel you cannot give much to anyone else until you give to yourself first, right? You're not a saviour. If there's one person you want to save, save yourself first. And then you can go out and contribute to a lot more people, right? So that to me is a soul-rich woman, someone who is authentic, allows herself to be vulnerable, supports everyone, not only her sisters, but every single person. And, you know, you, you have something to go towards uh, a purpose in your life that would give you fulfillment and freedom, fabulousness, 
financial independence. Yeah. Cool. Now, who are the people who are suitable to attend Money and You? Well, I would say if you are at a point in your life where you feel you want change, you want to let go of what's not working, be it in your relationships, your business, in terms of money, finance, your well-being, and you really want to live your life from a very different level, right? To feel fulfillment and moments of happiness with higher frequency, <laughs> then I would say it's suitable for you to be in money and you. But where we really want to create the greatest impact is leaders, you know, business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who want to be influencers because you are going to create a huge impact in the world. And Money and You is about uplifting humanity's consciousness through business and education. And Money and You is in Japan, mm -hmm. is in Singapore, Malaysia, where else? Uh, USA, US, Australia, Australia, China, Taiwan. In fact, Chinese money used also in Canada, Thailand. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's really awesome and that's really amazing work. Mm. So how can our audience reach you? Well, my, our, you can reach me at uh, www.moneyandyou.com.my or you can also call me at 016016. 2270365 and have a conversation because miracles happen in conversations. Wow, JC, you just gave your handphone number to the world. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's published everywhere anyway. <laughs> so that's quite true. <laughs> that's quite true. So it's not a secret. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, moneyandyou.com.my. Okay, so this is where you can um, search for the Money and You programs or talk to JC um, with the number and of course you're on social media as well, right? Yes, I am. Okay, so tell them where are you at? Well, you can look for me uh, at J-C-J-A-C-Y-W-E-E -E, J-C-W-E -E, J -E -E on Facebook. Okay, J-C-W-E-E -E. Okay, this is really, really a very nugget wisdom-packed courageous. I feel like I'm almost going to be transformed again to the next <laughs> level by just sitting here and, you know, talking to JC, you know, just having this this kind of conversations is what gets me so excited. Um, every single time I interview and I talk to women, empower women have so much, you know, um, you know, transformations in their own lives as well. So, well, I just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode once again. I know that you could be doing something else, but I hope that you we have done everything in our power to make it well worth your time. I'm Janisha Alora signing off. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honoured that we are connected and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it 5 stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding this Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone you are strong, together we are unstoppable. Now share this with every woman who needs it because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and 
I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.